So Revelation chapter number 9 tonight. I didn't know if I was going to preach or not tonight. I, I, I was honestly um, trying to stay focused on the Lord. And I really wasn't sure. I even told Mackenzie, I said, I don't think I'm going to be preaching tonight. Um, and the reason I thought, I didn't know. I didn't know, to be honest with you. I just wasn't quite sure. Um, but if we wasn't going to preach, um, we was going to pray. And that's it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with either one of them, amen. Uh, we need both of them. We need preaching, but we, man, we need to pray. We need to ask the Lord to help us <coughs> and uh, in this means. And, and so um, we're getting into some, some tough parts of the book of the Revelation. And, and um, this is our 20th message in the book of Revelation. And um, it's been moving on good, and the Lord's blessed us. And uh, we've seen uh, chapter 9, the first part of this as um, there was a very serious scenarios that we watched last week as um, as there was a there was a there was some the the day hell has no boundaries hell has no boundaries when we looked at that there was no boundaries that hell had as um, as we know the all, all the means of all the people excuse me I got to get my handkerchief here I'm to wipe my mouth but um, we we saw that hell had no boundaries on that day as there was many of those, um, I can't even know, I can't even explain to you what they are, but they're demonic creatures um, that came, and, and um, what a very serious scenario that that will be. And I am thank God I'm saved, amen. I'm glad I'm saved tonight. And um, so let's read, um, let's read, and I'm going to title my message. I, I don't, I, I just didn't know um, exactly the part. You know, I, I like titles. Y'all know I like titling my messages. Y'all know I like uh, alliterations and that sort, um, and we're still going to do that. But, but uh, I, I just couldn't. I, I don't. I don't know a title for this message, so I'm just going to title it. The first words we'll read, and that is um, verse 13. And the sixth angel sounded, and the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, "Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates." The four angels which, loose, which were loose, which were prepared for an hour and a day and, and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. The number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000 thousand. And I heard the number of them and thus I saw the horses in the vision and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire adjacent and brimstone and the heads of the horses were as the heads of the lions and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed by the fire and the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. Excuse me. For their powers in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails were like unto serpents, and had heads, and with them they did hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which neither can see nor hear or walk. I'm thankful I got a God that can see, hear, and walk. Amen. Uh, neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorcerers, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight, the preaching of the word. Lord, we need your help tonight. We need your help in every way. And I pray God you'd help each person that came out tonight, Lord. And we're thankful for each of them. And we ask you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, to please um, use this message, God, to give us a, as, the, as the burden, Lord, that's on our heart from this, uh, doing this series, to give us a more burden for souls, Lord, uh, that may possibly have a means to be in this, Lord. 
God, we don't want no man to go there. Lord, we ask you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, help us uh, in this message tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And so in our last study, we noticed that the bottomless pit was open. And in that bottomless pit, there was, a, there was an angel given a key. And in that bottomless pit, it was just a continual falling from God. And what a serious day that's going to be. But it's interesting here that John heard a voice from between the horns of a golden altar. And um, that's interesting to me. And this reminds us of the golden altar of incense found in the tabernacle. Um, but I can't just tell you exactly I know everything about it because I'm far from it. But, but, but the high priest would offer incense um, uh, on the golden altar each morning unto God. And he would offer that offering, and this was a place of prayer. It was a place of intercession. It was a place where the priest could come and for the people to come and beg for the mercy of God. That's what this place was. And so now the altar has become a place not, a, not of mercy, but it's become a place of divine judgment. As judgment is spoken from the four, between the four horns of the altar there. And so we serve a loving and merciful God and long-suffering God. And we know the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. But His long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish. I'm, con- I'm convinced to the fact that the reason Jesus hasn't come back yet is every man has not been saved yet. And I'm convinced of that. He's long-suffering to us, word. I'm not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. As I've said before, before God's will does not always get done. Uh, and I know that's a hard statement to swallow, uh, but God's will does not always get done because He don't want no man to go to hell. Uh, he's not willing that any should perish, uh, um, but all should come to repentance. Uh, the world refuses uh, um, to love the God of mercy and the God of love. Uh, and at this time, uh, God is not going to be given mercy uh, from the altar, but He's going to be given judgment from that altar. Uh, and God will judge sin. Uh, and that's that's exactly what he has done in our text here tonight. I believe, as I said last week, that God allowed this pit to be opened up. Uh, and I don't believe that this is the Antichrist with a key or the devil with a key or any of those other. But what I tend to lean towards is this is a good angel with a key. Uh, uh, and this good angel with the key is given this key uh, as God as he goes down and he opens up the heaven. I mean, he opens up uh, the bottomless pit and God uses those who have been in hell to judge this earth. Uh, it's a serious, serious chain of events. Uh, and you say God would wouldn't do that. Oh, God will do that. A hundred percent. So I want you to notice with me uh, three points. I'll be done quickly. I want you to notice number one in our text, there's four angels. Uh, There's four angels. The Bible says, uh, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet loose, the four angels uh, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. Uh, And the four angels were loose, which were prepared for an hour, day, and a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of men. Uh, And the angel who blew the trumpet there is instructed to loose the four angels uh, um, which are bound uh, and these are different than the angels that we encountered uh, early on in chapter number 7 that were holding back the four winds of the earth. Uh, and these angels are bound. Uh, um, they're bound and I can't tell you everything about them uh, um, but those in chapter 7 were holy angels of God uh, and, but these angels are bound revealing that they have an evil nature. And so, so, so they have been bound of God uh, 
to be released uh, during the tribulation and during the judgment. Now we understand, we've read it before, and we just cannot pinpoint it, and not everybody could, and maybe you got it, maybe the preacher back there's got it, but I'm just not as smart. Uh, um, but I'm telling you, that uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 speaks of bound angels that shall be released when judgment comes. Uh, um, Jude, verse 6 tells us that there's bound angels uh, which shall be released when judgment comes. So I can't tell you that this is this is they, but it could be, okay? And so, so, but there's a few things that we can learn in this verse, uh, in these two verses about these angels, uh, these four angels. I want you to notice uh, that their, their placement, the angels' placement, the Bible says, uh, and that they're bound in the great river Euphrates. Uh, um, they're bound in this great river, and the great river Euphrates runs through, uh, um, uh, it, it runs through um, Babylon, uh, Iraq, and Iran in the middle of it. That's what separates Iraq and Iran is the great river Euphrates. And in the old days, we know that in the midst of Babylon, the great river Euphrates was in there and the Tigris River as well. But here they're bound in that great river and it was a river of prominence throughout all of the Bible and it remains so today. And so I'm telling you, it runs right through the middle of Iraq. It was there that God created the Garden of Eden. Do some study. It was there that God created the Garden of Eden. Man was created there and committed the first sin there at the great river Euphrates. Cain slew Abel at the great river Euphrates. Noah and the flood were in the region of the great river Euphrates. It was there that the first apostate showed up, Nimrod, around the great river Euphrates. It was in that moment that they built the Tower of Babel around or near the great river Euphrates. And the Babylonian captivity was there around in Daniel and around the great river Euphrates and the final conflict between God and evil man will be at the great river Euphrates around this area and I'm telling you this is not a good place but from this thing and y'all know I've read the genealogy and I've ran it down for you folks all the way from Noah and then to his son Ham and from Ham on to Cush and from Cush to Nimrod and all the way down you can run that line they've never had a good king in Babylon they've never had a good king there from Nebuchadnezzar all the way down to Saddam Hussein they've never had a good king they've always rebelled against God and in this day there's going to be four evil angels that are going to rise up out of the great river Euphrates and they are going to be used by God for the work of God. I'm telling you, that's what's going to take place. They have uh, their placement. I want you to notice uh, in their preparation, the Bible says, and the four angels were loose, which were prepared for an hour and a day, and a month and a year. And, and so these four angels have been bound by God into a specific moment in time. And they're there, and at that moment during the tribulation, uh, um, they will be released upon the earth. Uh, and we have considered much that is difficult to imagine. Uh, and it may appear to unbelievers that the world is 
is spinning out of control. But I tell you, friend, God is not unaware of what is taking place in America. He's not unaware of what's taking place anywhere across this world. God knows, and God knows what He's doing. The exact opposite here is proven in our text. God is sovereign. He is. Just because you use the word sovereign don't mean you're a Calvinist either because I'm far from it, thank the Lord. But it just means He's all-powerful and He is. He is all-powerful. And it's, it, we know, we've already read the verse, God you know, doesn't want anybody to be saved. God wants everybody to be saved. And so I'm telling you, friend, He has bound these angels and they were, they'll be loosed upon His command. They'll be loosed upon this earth and this is just a portion of the plan that God has to judge this world of sin. And we understand what is taking place here as we've already uh, went through. There's a redemption that needs to take place here. A redemption of this wicked world. And we understand that God's still judging this world. Redemption of the earth, rather. Let me just mention that. But their placement, their preparation, and we read, for to slay the the third part of men. So we see their purpose these fallen angels are come and they're released for a specific purpose. And they're here to slay the third part of men. And now, that's a big deal because we saw the pale horse in chapter 6 already slay a quarter of them. And so, so we've seen the pale horse. They're already a world's population have already been decreased by a quarter of it. The world's population, there's eight point something billion people in this world today. And right now, at this point of time, they will will have one quarter already killed. And I don't know how many's leaving, but there'll be a lot already out of here. Because I'm already gone. Hey man, I, I mean, I'm, all, I'm already gone. I'm, I'm already out of this place. I, I left before the tribulation ever started. And so, but I'm telling you is that this doesn't include all the many either that died in Revelation chapter 8 uh, when the waters became bitter and wormwood. Uh, it does not uh, include all of that. But now one-third of the remaining population will be killed by these four angels. And death has taken a... Uh, uh, all this time, death took a, a five-month work work period. Remember, remember the last part, the first part of this chapter. They there was five months that locusts were going to come and they were going to torment. And death took a vacation. And death took a vacation because no man was going to die. But now, th- now one third of the world's going to die. They're going to die. And <laughs> consider that. Just consider that. That just consider the thought that by the sixth trumpet judgment, half the earth is already going to be wiped out. Half the earth is already going to be wiped out. No doubt every home on this earth will be faced with death among its members. No doubt about that. We see uh, there's four angels. Secondly, I want you to notice uh, in verse 16 through 19, we'll walk them down. There's a fierce army. There's a fierce army. The, 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 the release of the, the, the four angels brings an invasion of an army upon this world. And the army will march under the influence of the angels and, and the forces of hell. Yeah. It's going to be serious. Notice in verse 16, and the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000 thousand. Um, I have read this. I cannot tell you if this is true or not. But that says they, they said that that's 200 million people. 200 million. 
I can't say that to be true because I don't, I've never used the word ever 100, 200,000, thousand. I've never used that. But I just write 200 million, right? But, but that's not how God wanted it. So whatever it is, it's 200,000, thousand, and that's how many people it's going to be. It's going to be a bunch of them, okay? And, and this army, this army here, I, I want you to notice their abundance. Uh, as it tells us, there are 200,000, that's 200 million men, if they're right. 200 million men. The only, the only number we understand, this is a, this enumer, this is a numerable number. It's a numerable number. The only numbers that are not numbered in the book of Revelation is the numbers that are saved. Remember? That's the only numbers. That should blow the Calvinist out of the water right there. Because that's the only number. No man knew the number. Thank God. Amen. I feel... God all over that. I tell you, uh, many, many, many scholars believe that this army will uh, come from a, uh, a Orient type of people, meaning China. By the way, communist China is communist China, right? And, and so, so that's the only, this is what I've read. Okay, listen to me. This is not my words. That's the only place that you can get 200 million men from the age of 15 to 49, that's the only place that you can get that, that many men. That's what, that's what they say. 200 million men can come out of China today from the age 15 to age 49. 200 million men. That's the only place in this entire world that 200 million men can come out of. And so I can't tell you that that's where they're going to come out of, but all I'm saying is that it's going to be very, very, very serious. They say that the population of China has 363 million men in it. It's a lot of men. But I'm just telling you is that each year another 11 million, they say, reach that age from 15 to 49. That's a lot. They're very productive in China, by the way. And so, so, but it's possible, it's very possible to see an army of 200 million men. And it has been calculated that they could march for one mile wide and 87 miles long. 200 million men. That's a serious, serious, serious abundance of men. Nonetheless, the Bible says that there were 200,000, thousand men or horsemen. And so we see their abundance. Notice in verse 17. And thus I saw the horses in vision and them that sat on them having breastplates of place of fire and Jason the brimstone. The heads of the horses were as the ho- heads of lions and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. Verse 19. For their power is in their mouth and their tails. For their tails were like unto serpents and had heads with them that do hurt. And so we see, we see that not only their abundance but we see their appearance here. There's an army... A serious army, and they appear to be engulfed in flame. Read it again. It says, out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you that their army, their army is very, their, their armor is very serious, uh, and they got the color of red, and they got the color of blue, and they got the color of yellow, uh, and they got all, all colors of fire. The jacinth, the fire, the brimstone, all that color just kind of will all consume in a fire color. You can look at all this. Nonetheless, the fact is, is this is an army marching from hell. And it's going to be serious. 
It's going to be very serious. And their breastplates make a statement about their relationship to evil. And this will likely be a human army that's controlled by Satan. A human army. We know all the armies of the earth are going to turn against Jesus, right? And fight Jesus. We know that, that in the valley of Megiddo, that's going to happen. But, but I tell you is that John uses a symbolic language to describe them. And, and remember, he is from, uh, uh, he's from the first century, right? And so so, so we, John uses this symbolic language. And, and their horses ride the heads of lion. And uh, I'm probably describing their fierce-looking nature. I don't know. Uh, um, but probably describing their nature of some sort. And fire and smoke uh, and brimstone come out of their mouths. That uh, tells us uh, of such a crazy, crazy, crazy equipment that they got. It's crazy equipment. And it's symbolic language, though. I mean, uh, essentially, it, it, could, it, could it be that way? Could it be that fire, brimstone, everything come out of their mouth 100%? Could God allow that to happen? Absolutely. But if we're looking at symbolic language, we, this could be anything. I mean, this could be a, a mighty army. If this is worldly people, this could be a mighty army. I'm talking just guns blazing. And I'm just, it says, for their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails were like unto serpents and had heads, and with them they do hurt. How am I supposed to contextually break that scripture down? That's hard to do, but I'm just telling you here that some, some, some say that this refers to something along the lines of a tank. I can't say that to be true. But somebody, some, some, I've read some commentaries, some good commentaries, that said that this is somewhere along the lines of a tank, a helicopter, other vehicles firing missiles and warheads from each end of the firecraft. And so, so you think about that. It could be very much possible. But could this be a demonic force? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so one thing is certain, the earth has never experienced an attack like this one. And so we see their appearance. We see their attack. 18, verse 18. By, the, by these three was the third part of men killed. By the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. By these three was the third part of men killed. And so clearly this, is, this, this army isn't on a peacekeeping mission. They are not on, try, they're not trying to restore order into the world. No, their purpose and goal is to kill one-third of mankind. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to kill one-third of mankind. They're not going to kill one more, and they're not going to kill one less. You know why? Because the Bible would be a lie, and it's not a lie. They're going to kill one-third of mankind, and that is it. Plus nothing, minus nothing. And countless millions will fall, though, at the hands of this very army. But I praise the Lord, I'll be around the throne right now, praising the Lamb of God. Amen. That's what I'll be doing. When, and when this takes place, I'll be there. And, and their destruction and their death is certain. But thank God I can still praise the Lamb of God around the throne of heaven. Amen. There is four angels. There's a fierce army. Then I want you to notice in verse 20 and 21, there's some foolish apostates. The Bible says in verse 20, and the rest of the men which were not killed by these. So there will be some left. Not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver. How can one man... I understand they've been turned over to strong delusion. I understand all that. But how can somebody, after something experiencing something like that, not turn to God? 
How can a man do it? I wonder that nowadays. I wonder how people can't see God in this world we live in. I mean, look at them trees and how big they are. You tell me there ain't a God out there. I mean, you tell me how God can take a seed that's this big and make it into something that's 200 foot tall. I mean, you can't do that. I mean, you you could water it every day and you couldn't do that. You know why? Because when it got too big, you couldn't water it anymore. But God has to do the water. And and so there's some foolish apostates and they don't believe anything. They said, hey, all of this is taking place, but I'm not turning from my idols. I'm not turning from my worshiping of devils, gold, silver, wood, brass, stone. And none of them can see, walk, nor hear or any of those things. But I'm not turning from them. I got a God. I'm glad I got a God that all those things can break, friend, but I got a God that won't. Like them, that, that, that God of the Babylonians, friend. I mean, they couldn't lean on that God. He might fall over. Sun got too hot. He might melt. Thankful I got a God that won't melt when the, fire's on, when the world's on fire. Amen. Thank God. Foolish apostates. They come in, and after all this death and mess, and they're left upon their earth, and they're still, they're still refusing to repent. They're determined to live a life of rebellion. They're determined of living a life indulging in their own fleshly lust. That's what they're determined to. And so I want you to notice in verse 20 that they have, uh, they're, 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 they're leading, they're, they're, they're apostates, right? So we know they've turned away from God. And so they're leading a trip of rebellion. They're leading a trip of rebellion against the Lord. And it says, And the rest of the men which were not killed by them. You know the verse. I read it. They repented not. And so here they are, and they have denied the true and the living God. They've denied Him for a long time now. I mean, they've went through this. They're busy worshiping idols. And I tell you, this, this, this time will be marked by satanic worship. It'll be marked by satanic worship. It'll be, it'll be marked by worship of material goods. Not that today isn't, because it is. Amen. I mean, we worship many material goods. I mean, we we'll, we'll them in our hands every day, but, but many in our day, they're called up with this type of activity. The de- today's era is just doing the exact same things. People don't like to hear it. People don't like to admit it. Uh, but if we aren't worshiping and serving the Lord, we're worshiping and serving other gods. Something. We cannot have it both ways. Right? Can't serve God and man, man. The Bible says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day in whom you serve. I mean, choose you this day in whom you serve. I mean, whether, whether the gods uh, of your fathers or so, I can't, I can't quote the verse, but the gods of the fathers, it mentions the gods of the fathers and, and all that, and served on the other side of the flood. I mean, if, if they serve God on the other side of the flood, you ought to still serve God. But if they didn't, then, then you ought not serve the gods they served. But he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen, friend. We're going to serve the Lord. And I tell you, friend, it doesn't matter what it will be. Eventually, eventually, these very ones that are talked about in this Bible, right here in verse 20, that have apostated against Christ and that will not worship and will not bow to anything that has to do with God, one day they'll be bowed by force. It's either we bow by choice or bow by force. One way it's going to happen. We will bow before the King of kings and Lord of lords and they choose to bow before Him by force one day. What a sad day. They have rebellion against the Lord. 
to have rebellion among their lives. Now notice in verse 21, Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorcerers, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. So they chose not to. Their failure to repent also involved their own pleasures. Everything they wanted, the moral condition of man will continue a downward spiral into the tribulation. It's going to continue that way. We see murder, right? Neither repented they of their murders. I mean, we see murder. We live in a murderous society today. We do. We do. We, I mean, uh, but in that day, it's going to increase. I can only imagine. Everything increases during the, Bible, during the tribulation, by the way. Everything seems to increase besides, besides godliness. You know why? Because we own anyways. Amen. But I'm telling you that their failure to, their failure to repent, they have come to a place of murder. And, and, and we've seen it so much that it's become so used, we've come so used to it. We see another murder case on the, on the news. and We don't think nothing about, I don't watch the news, but we don't think nothing about God saying, well, thou shalt not kill. Because it's become a norm. It's become a new norm for us to live in a life that's murderous. I mean, it's okay. It's not okay. Imagine how it will be with the, without the influence of the church and spirit-filled Christians. Imagine how it will be then. Be serious. They're sorcerers, nor of their sorceries. There'll be certain, certainly, I'm sure there'll be an increase of that in the tribulation period and witchcraft involving Satan, satanic worship, and that sort of stuff. And 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 by the way, this word, I just want to let you know this. I learned this from Brother Toby Powers. This word here, as it goes through, it says, nor of their sorceries. That word sorceries. In the Greek term is the word pharmakia. And it's the same exact word where we get our word pharmacy from. Same exact word where we get our word pharmacy from. And it literally means the use of administering drugs. That's exactly what it means. It's exactly what that word pharmakia means. And think of the drug addictions our world is facing right now. In our high school in Polk County, in our high school in Polk County, this week somebody overdosed. It's the second one in like three weeks. That ought to blow our minds, friend. That ought to blow our minds. It's so there and we have it at our very fingertips. It's at our fingertips. And and here, they they haven't repented of their sorceries. This world hasn't repented of theirs either. Amen, friend. There's too much mess going on in this world. But just think about it. These things would get worse during during the tribulation. It says neither repented of their sorceries nor of their fornication. Now this, this, this is a Greek word. This word fornication, this is a Greek word porneia. Porneia. You can put two and two together. I believe you can. And it's the same word we get our word pornography from. It's that same word and it refers to all kinds of illicit act, uh, activity. And, and, and this industry brings in millions of dollars per year in society. It does. Uh, and, um, billions of dollars. And our world is driven by sex through magazines, through television, and through movies, and through advertising, and through Facebook, and through all of those things. Everywhere we look, we have the influence of man's desires of sexual promiscuity. It's the truth. And I'm telling you, the tribulation will see a larger scale of this. And then we see theft. Consider the 
Consider the hardships that we see today. There's not many. We don't have no lack of food. Huh? But consider the hardships of the tribulation. Consider that. Just think about that for a moment. There'll be a lack of food. There'll be a lack of pure drinking water. There'll be lack of financial difficulties. There'll be financial difficulties. There'll be all of those things throughout tribulation. Now, I know we might have some of those problems now, but think about that. There'll be all of that in the tribulation. Everything you steal from somebody is going to be something they need. And I'm telling you, it is increasingly evident in our day that it's serious. Men will rob and steal at anything nowadays. It's the truth. But I believe once judgment falls, life's going to become more difficult. And I, I mean, what a, what, a, what a serious picture. What a serious picture we're seeing here. But sadly, much of the attitude that's revealed by man in the end times is prevalent in our society today. It is. I mean, America's raising a generation that is completely foreign to the ways of God. Amen, friend. When God is rejected and removed from society, men are left in their sinful ways. We learned this morning there was four views from Calvary, right? There was four perspectives at Calvary. There was the perspective of the sinner, the seeker, the savior, and the soldier. It was those four perspectives there. And we understood those four perspectives. But remember, three of them died. One died in their sins. They went into hell, the sinner. One died to their sins. And thank God, one died for their sin. And, but we understand that. But, but, but here we have, we have these people who, well, the church is going to be gone in this time. We're going to be out of here. We're the only light. Lord, help us. The church is the light. We're the light of the world. And we can't hide it in a bushel now, but we're the light of the world is what we are. And I'm telling you, in these days, God is being rejected. Left and right, God is being rejected. I work in Asheville. I see it all the time. I see more drugs, more needles. I see more people walking up and down the street. Look, They look messed up. They look messed up. You can't talk to them for nothing. But I'm telling you, the truth is, when this day comes, I believe it's going to be worse. Because there will be no Spirit of God. There will be no church. And things that weren't even spoken of in private a few years ago, though, spoken outrightly today. I mean, in my life, I'm 25 years old. But in my life, things that weren't ever spoken of when I was younger in public, oh, man, everybody says it now. It's become a new thing. And as bad as it is now, it's only going to get worse. And I'm thankful that I'm saved tonight. We've seen nothing. We've seen nothing compared to the wickedness that's coming. And if, and if you save, you better warn others of the wrath to come. Amen. If you're lost, you need to get saved. Amen. Because, hey, today is the accepted time. And um, we see here that the sixth angel sounded. And this is what the sixth angel sounded. It's a very fierce day. There's a fierce army coming. There's four angels. But I tell you the truth this, this evening. There's some foolish apostates, and they are falling away steadily from God. And we must get out.
Share the gospel. Because right now is the time to do it. That's a time of wrath. This is a time of wrath, right? This revelation is a time of wrath. We understand, thank God for souls, that he still loves souls. We understand that he still loves souls. We went through Revelation chapter 7. God still loves souls. There's plenty that get saved. And it's an innumerable number. But I'm telling you the truth here is that we must tell now. We must tell now. Now is the day of salvation. Thank you for listening. Let's pray and close out this service. Lord, we do love you. We thank you, God, for your goodness, grace, and mercy. We thank you, God, for how you've helped us, Lord, here tonight. And I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you and you alone, Lord, would be magnified in our lives, Lord, and that we would be a witness for you, God, in a dark and an evil world, Lord, that we would tell more and more about you in a day's, day, every day in and day out, Lord, that we'd hand out more tracts. Lord, we talk more to people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. Lord, help us, God, to be of bigger voices and bigger lights, Lord. Help, Lord, nothing to burn out our light. Lord, nothing to cover up our light, Lord. And, and Lord, we can't hide it under the bed. And, Lord, be, being lazy about things. Lord, we can't hide it in the bushel, Lord, being laborsome about things. Lord, we cannot do those things. Lord, help us, God. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Help us, God, to warn those of the wrath that is to come. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for saving. I thank you, God, for saving me. I thank you for Calvary and the blessed hope of the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ one of these days. Lord, I'm looking for that day. And I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, as we go along this week. We love you and we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name.